When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that always says when the Kyle's away, the mics will play. I'm Mike Johnson, and we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today, Kyle is at our favorite fag stag Doug Ant Koviak's wedding. So I have drag queen, wow aficionado, and very good friend of mine and fellow Pride 48 podcaster, Donna Sugars. Donna, welcome to the show. Well, hello, darlings. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so so glad that you're here. I, I I love everything about you, and I'm so happy that you're you're doing this. I I I'm just I'm super stoked. And for an audio medium, I put on a full face, and I wish I wasn't joking. No, I'm not joking. I'm in a full face. You guys can see the video. <laughs> it's and a face it is too. I'm loving I'm loving the hair. I I told you that. I don't know that that's that's your real hair, right? No, who knows? Oh, no. I can pull this whole thing off. No, I have um, <laughs> my Rachel Dolezal hair. Um, I, put it, I put it on once. And someone's like, you look just like that woman who said she was black. And I'm like, oh, oh, I, I love I love a good wig store. So this and then I just, oh, girl, I, yeah, it's just a head wrap. I love I love some bright colored scarves. I have a whole yes. suit full of them. Yes. Uh, so let's uh, let's real quickly just introduce yourself. Who are you? What are you about? What's your show like? It's the Donna Sugars show, right? Yes. So I am Donna Sugars. Um, I am an internet celebrity, which means no one knows who I am. Uh, <laughs> I do a podcast. Uh, I did a podcast for for over a decade called uh, Big Silly Homo, and then I went on this hiatus from all things queer. Really, just kind of just appeared into the ether. And um, over the last two years, I've kind of rediscovered my queerness. And I came back with the Donna Sugar Show, just doing everything that I love. So uh, I'm so happy. I just talked about everything that's important to me. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race. I do love uh, love a good drag show. Uh, I love World of Warcraft. I love gay and queer video games. And so it's it's been a lot of that lately. Uh, Lots and lots of of queer comic books and and visual stories. So awesome. Anything where there's some furries having sex, like I'm down. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> um and you you like you like a good dirty story too every once in a while we, we read <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so i have um i used to call it oh god so anyone who's a fan of the howard stern show i used to call it tissue time with donna sugars mm-hmm. um and it was just inappropriate stories and i would read them late night and then um, now it's just donna sugars late night i love erotica i love it so much i it's it's this ultimate expression of of your sexuality in in it's your imagination yeah. and it's everything i love so i love a good queer story so and you came and read for me yep yep sure did sure did that was a lot of fun was, was interesting it was different i i still loved it and i st- i'm still not 100 sure why i loved it <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> well your, your your biggest sex organ is your brain they say and that's one thing you know erotic stories just direct right into your cerebellum or whatever but uh, yeah, I'd love to read for you again, too. I know you're planning on doing that show some more. Yeah, so the topic today, we're going to talk about things Kyle hates. Um, he He's he's on va- vacation and left the show to me, and I thought that would be awesome because 
that big old list of stuff that you just said that you love, some of it is not on Kyle's list of things that he enjoys. So when you sent me the topics, you're like, this is what we could talk about. It's like, I love all of those things, except, yeah. except for the one I prefer a cider. But I mean, everything else I adore. So I <laughs> Well, we're going to get to things Kyle hates in just a little bit, but first, the news. Shut your mouth hole, it's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. Okay, okay. You do two minutes of news on your show, and I love it. It's great. I don't know how you rattle all of that off so quickly, but um, we just do like three or four stories here, so. Sure. Um, okay, first of all, I wanted to talk briefly about Amtrak. And this has been kind of an ongoing story that we've had. There was a kid named Aaron Salazar, who uh, several years ago now uh, was found on the side of the railroad tracks, uh, having been, well, he fell off an Amtrak train, and they tried to say that it was a suicide, and he was maybe not expected to survive, and uh, but then did and has all of these has pretty serious um, brain injury stuff. And um, it's looking more and more like it was actually a hate crime. He's a gay kid and surprised the shit out of me covering that story that Amtrak has its own police department and gets to investigate their, the stuff that happens on their trains themselves, um, which seems like a pretty significant conflict of interest to me. And so now I keep reading all of these horror stories about shit that happens on Amtrak trains and how quickly they try to sweep it under the carpet. Of course. So on August 11th, 2021, so just a couple of weeks ago at approximately 4 p.m., uh, Burlington Northern Railroad reported the discovery of a body along the tracks located about a half mile west of the Knox Warren County line near Cameron in Illinois. And uh, the deceased was identified as Michael Johnson. Oh. <laughs> so this might be the, my, the I'm your ghost, I guess. Um, a, a, a body of a man named Michael Johnson of Juliet, Illinois, was found uh, on the side of the Amtrak tracks um, on uh, August the 11th. Uh, the Amtrak was passing through Warren County at about 1 p.m. with a destination of Chicago. I, I'm legit terrified of Amtrak trains now, Donna. I I. I people don't really take Amtrak that often anyway, but now I for sure won't, you know? Well, they're kind of garbage. It's, I mean, it was, I mean, I, I'm sorry. Like if you put Amtrak, send your hate mail my way. I, it's fine. <laughs> but they're so behind the rest of the world. Like we're, we're in general behind this world, but Amtrak itself is so behind any other public transport. I mean, it's really kind of sad. I used to take it uh, in California when I was going to school, and it was amazing how filthy a train can be mm -hmm. and how little they could care about basic maintenance, mm -hmm. but they charged me a fortune to take that train. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, mm -hmm. just, it's at a certain point, you're like, what are you spending this money on? Well, I guess Joe Biden's pissed at us now, or, or maybe pissed at you for calling me Amtrak garbage. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Sorry, Uncle Joe. Um, okay, news the second. I feel like I should do like, maybe a trigger warning about this but i think it's also super important that we talk about this so uh, the shit show that is afghanistan right now and kabul it, it has queer afghan people already had things really shitty but they're going to be extra super duper shitty under the taliban rule and that has already started so uh, just uh just a few days ago a gay man in afghanistan was describing how the taliban killed his boyfriend and, quote, cut his body into pieces to show what they do with gay people. 
it's heartbreaking. So uh, the 26-year-old, going by the pseudonym of Gabir to protect his identity, said that he and his boyfriend were sitting in a restaurant together in the Afghani capital of Kabul when the city was seized by the Taliban on August 15th. They both rushed back to their respective homes, and quite soon after that, Gabir was unable to get a hold of his partner, uh, and then his phone signal and internet connection began to fail, which that happened countrywide. And then uh, he said, at quote, at five or six o'clock, my brother told me something has happened that you should contact your friends. When I call my friends, everyone's phone is off. And uh, he found out from a friend that his boyfriend, who was just 24, had been tracked down by the Taliban and killed. Quote, two cars came with Taliban in it. They said, where is his home? And beat him so much. They took him away. Nobody knows where. And then they killed him. Uh, afterwards, they said they brought the body back and cut his body into pieces to show the people that this is what we do with gay people. I don't know. It's very depressing. That's the news sometimes, though, I guess. It's it's heartbreaking. And, and you, you know that there are organizations. I know that there is that underground gay uh, uh, railroad uh, for helping get people out of countries like that. And you know that as many people as you help, that there are still hundreds more that are still stuck there. Yeah. That whatever reason can't get out. And it's just, what do you do when you don't have a unified government? You don't have a unified world that will protect all of its citizens. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, Dan. Uh, and that uh, organization is called Rainbow Railroad, and their oh. website is rainbowrailroad.org if anyone wants to contribute to them to help them get people out of countries that are doing those awful fucking things to, to queer people. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, my heart goes out to queer people in all of these countries, but especially Afghanistan with this just horrible situation that's happening now, trying to get everybody out. Yeah. Okay. News the last. So I, I wanted to talk really quickly about Love Island. And I don't know if you followed any of this on social media, but I have heard of it. I couldn't tell you anything about it other than it's heteros on an island and they have sex or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and Big Fatty watches it, right? Love Island, he says. Uh, but, well, Big Fatty likes it, then that yeah, should be something to be worried about. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, you, you basically described it as heteros on an island that end up fucking, right? Or, or like things. That's why that makes it. <laughs> well, um, and I, it's, 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 uh, it, it's, it's created by a place called ITV, which I don't know what ITV actually stands for, but a ITV boss has claimed that Love Island will never feature gay contestants as doing so would present quote, logistical difficulties so. <laughs> which is code for most people don't want to watch gay people have sex on tv i do i do i i think you know it's it's interesting too because unlike other kinds of reality dating shows right where there's like one one like primary person like the bachelor or the bachelor right like there's the, the one person and then the opposite gender a whole horde of them that model, of course, would not work for gay people because they'd be busy fucking each other instead of going after the main person. But uh, Love Island, at least what I know about the format, I don't see why it wouldn't work for 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 gays. Uh, I think it would make for good TV. But apparently, I think it's uh, this should just be polyamorous island or or what's um verse or, or bisexual <laughs> island like i mean get some people i mean you get enough bisexual men and women in there it'd be a party 
<laughs> I think Verse Island is an excellent name for a show. <laughs> let's let's copyright that. Dan, copyright that. <laughs> now, oh my God, the the cost of diverters for all the showers alone, I think, is is. Do you remember the the gay dating show? The awful el- the it was on uh, Logo, uh-huh. and it was boy meets boy, and it was the most horrible way of having a gay dating show because there were all these men here to win this this beautiful man's affection, and not all of them were gay. And it was like if they were able to dupe him all the way to the end, they won money. I'm like, what? This is what we get? This was our dating show? It was it was horrible. It was horrible. That, that sounds that sounds awful. Did the I didn't watch it. Did the viewers know who was gay and who wasn't? The the uh, the audience knew that. I don't think they knew right away who was gay and straight, but they did know that there were some straights in the mix pretending to be gay. Okay, just like come on, like this guy is really here for love, like, and you guys are going to do this little mind game with him? Oh, that's the worst. I mean. That's that's what my dating life feels like. Sometimes I, you know, only want the straight ones or whatever. You like a straight man too, though. I know. I I like a straight man because then there's no there's no chance of of any issues. Because I mean, I am factory new. So I mean, (laughs) if if you're attracted to the straight ones, then there's no chance of there ever being contact. I mean, I'm sure Dan has opinion there. Um, Some people are very good at getting the straights to flip, but I mean, I don't try. I just I don't know. No. No. You know, no flipping. <laughs> I also look me a nerdy boy, and I'm sorry. It's there's so many. Oh God, nerdy, just scrawny little nerdy boys. I have, and there a lot of them are straight. I don't know. It's really troubling. All right, all right. Hey, we'll we'll get you dialed in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the guy, oh, what the hell is that guy's name? Oh, the director of television, Kevin Ligo, um, said, "quote." Love Island is a particular thing. It's about boys and girls coupling up. So if you want to do it as a gay version or you want to widen it, it is discussed and we haven't yet found a way that would make it suitable for that show. But yeah, for for a while there uh, on social media, logistical difficulty was trending in like gay Twitter. I saw a bunch of people saying, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm logistically difficult. Get used to it. (laughs) It was logistically difficult. And what was the other one this week was... um... Was it gay cyborg for a while? <laughs> what? <laughs> it was like gay cyborg because someone said it was some politician made some crack about gay people trying to take over. And oh, it was God. cyborgs. I'm like, oh, I want to be a gay cyborg. This sounds great. I want to be a gay cyborg too. Please tell me there was a logistically difficult and breedable meme at some point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's gay Twitter, girl. Like you, you name it, it's been it's out there. Um, well, that's the news. Shirts have been printed. They're on sale on Etsy right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to do some Patreon supporters, new Patreon supporters. So normally Kyle fucks up your names, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, thank you to this week's new Patreon supporter. Well, this month's. We're way behind. We're way behind. We're trying to catch up. Uh, first, Cameron. No last name. I'm going to assume it's Cameron Diaz giving us money. Uh, I will definitely fuck this one up. Uh, Shen Chi. It's Q-I as the last name. I'm assuming that's Chi. Mm. Corey Boltima. Boltima? Yeah. Corey Boltima, I'm going to say. Um, Denzel Boilo. Boilo. Probably Boilo. That's, it's, it looks French. Denzel Boilo. Um, Jay. Just Jay. Now we know how Kyle feels. Thank you, Jay. Uh, 
Kang Tam, which I think is a Klingon name. Um, and last but certainly not least, A Person. Um, first name A, last name Person. If you want extra bonus content and to support queer podcasting, independent queer podcasting, you can find us at patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Uh, you want to talk about things Kyle hates, Donna? Where shall we start the list? Well, I, where shall we start the list? list. Short list. No, um, I think it's a very long list. Yeah. I mean, there's there's for sure a long list of things that Kyle, Kyle <laughs> hates. Uh, I, we were debating doing a segment about talking to fans, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fairly well established. Uh, I, I forget how often it's come up on the show, but I'll start first. Uh, Kyle fucking hates pickles. He hates pickles pickles i mean an irrational can't be in the same room with them hates pickles um how do you how do you feel about pickles i love a good salty pickle like i was raised on like i mean i'm lower middle class i love a pickle i love a deviled egg like i mean you put in some brining solution and i'm there yes yes i was just telling you before my friend is I, I didn't know that there was actual pickle cucumbers. They were specifically for pickling, and they're bigger than other cucumbers. He made me everything pickles. They're in my fridge right now. They're delicious. Everything pickles. Oh, on sandwiches. Oh, it's all the everything spices from an everything bagel, but in a pickle. Oh, oh okay. So that sounds amazing. Uh, do do you do you just eat them by them by themselves or only on like sandwiches? No, I by themselves are great. I always I love when sometimes when you just want a little snack and you're like I want salty but I don't want like fried. Just I go to get little the little pickle chips they sell at the gas station. Girl, yeah. that sounds so terrible. I'm eating gas station pickles, but I mean, I, hey, I'm a certain kind of girl. <laughs> gas station everything if you want to if it works for you it works for you um i i mean i think pickles are also uh keto you know pickled cucumbers are anyway um because as we'll talk about you can pickle a whole bunch of shit and some of it is not keto but but pickled cucumbers are so i've gotten a lot of mileage out of them they're crunchy they're salty like it's a it's a great snack so as I want to do a little bit of history, we apparently human beings have been pickling shit for a long ass time. There's evidence that we started in Mesopotamia around 2400 BC. There's even archaeological evidence of cucumbers being pickled in the Tigris Valley of Iraq in 2030 BC. And I think like a lot of things, it just is about um, preservation, right? Like back in the old times, like they didn't have fucking refrigerators. They had to <laughs> preserve things so that they didn't die um, when they ate them. And fermentation, pickling is just one more way to accomplish that. Salting, um, salting meats, salting vegetables, drying them out. Yeah, no, completely understandable. You have to get through the winters. You have to get through the the time when stuff isn't growing. Yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know where I'm going with this. Hold on. Kyle hates pickles. That's enough. <laughs> for the longest time i i was obsessed with pickled beets my mother used to just buy them by the can and i would just eat them out of the can and i still to this day love pickled beets yeah i didn't know what a real beet looked like or tasted like and then when i finally had one, i'm like this is nothing like the stuff out of the can it's amazing but i was so used to pickled beets for the longest time well when you pickle a beet it, it kind of gets like a little slimy, a little gummy and chewy, right? It, it's not like the like a crunchy root vegetable that it starts yeah. as. Yeah, and then like even just canned beets that aren't pickled, they've yeah they've gone completely soft. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah, don't yeah. have 
jicama where even like no matter how long they sit they they still have a crunch to them no they, they get very soft i mean vegetables i think most vegetables you pickle them and they're pretty good um there are maybe some exceptions i can't think of any off the top of my head have you had like like i like pickled asparagus and pickle okra i love pickled radish uh they do uh when you go for like poke bowls uh, uh if you have poke bowl places they always have pickled radish pickled onions i'm not a big onion fan but you pickle them and i'm gonna eat them like and pickled radish on there is perfect with raw fish like it's just so good yeah um have a pickled egg pickled eggs yeah yeah so that's 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 leading to the what i <laughs> you can pickle mushrooms you can pickle olives you can pickle a bunch of you can pick, pickle a bunch of stuff like that but you can also pickle proteins and I and eggs is a great example. Um, and I just find that so disgusting. Like <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I just do like none of the pickled meats or eggs sound appealing to me. Um, have, have you, have you had like pickled pig's feet or like, no, right I've night? seen them. I've seen people eat them. Um, I've had chicken feet uh, okay. at dim sum, but I never, uh, pickled pig's feet. Um, I but I I imagine there has to be some similarity. Lots of cartilage, uh, and it breaks down. I, I I'm not entirely sure. I I've had a pickled egg and they're not terrible. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> when you're drunk, you'll eat anything. Well, that's true. That's absolutely true. Um, and they're pretty popular at bars. Pickled random shit. I always see that at bars. Um, um, but yeah. So yes, Dan. <laughs> God, it makes like an audible noise, doesn't it? Because you always know when I've unmuted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say that I bet there is a pickled meat product that both of you have consumed. In fact, I believe, Mike, you gave me some. It's known as pickled meat smoothie. It is made with ethereal meat, oh. inconceivably <laughs> aged vinegar, <laughs> and smuggled Azerothian produce. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. That's that's that is a masterful segue, Dan. Uh, you're, wow. you're not in real life, but in the game of World of Warcraft, which Kyle also hates. So, Donna, one, one of your like big areas of expertise is World of Warcraft. I am what's known as a lore whore. I am all about this game. <laughs> this yeah. game has monopolized my life for a long time, and I adore it. Yeah, and you talk about the lore on your show a, a, a whole bunch. Um, I tried to get Kyle to play it. We have a World of Warcraft guild for gayish, and uh, we play Wednesday nights and get together and just kind of play, but talk about each other's lives and sometimes do stuff um, in game. And uh, our Patreon segment is actually going to be just hanging out with those guys and and um, going on a, on a field trip. But uh, it, it, yeah, how long have you been playing? Wow, it's been like like. You're like a, a diehard fan for a long time, right? So I started playing right as Wrath of the Lich King came out. So I was not there at the very beginning. Something that, a story that I've always said that I kick myself for, I used to play the OG. I used to play Ultima Online, which okay. is the original MMO. Don't let any of those EverQuest people tell you differently. <laughs> um, Ultima Online was the first massive multiplayer online game. And we had an opportunity. They asked us, some people from Blizzard were going to a lot of the larger uh, guilds and Ultima Online trying to give them free beta keys for the original World of Warcraft. And we were so, like, in our own heads, because I will tell you, I was in a really bougie elven guild that, like, we had our own elven language that we typed. It was it was a lot. Very wow. RP. 
uh, very role playing. And we did not take that. And I kicked myself because I, <laughs> I would absolutely have done it from the beginning. As soon as I started playing World of Warcraft, I was just hooked. Mm. And I have just everything I could possibly get my hands on. All the books. Um, I did a terrible movie that they made. (laughs) I love love them all so much. And I, even though sometimes I'm playing by myself and I have you guys now, which is always great. Um, I will always come back even when I'm like, I'm bored. I'm gonna go do something else. I will always come back eventually. Yeah. Cause so much more. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let, yeah, let's 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 talk about queer stuff. Like, th- there's been what's maybe like the earliest example you remember of any sort of LGBT representation or content or whatever in in World of Warcraft. There were always these little things. Uh, I always think about the queer. How do I explain this? When you look at like the night elves, the night elves are these um, elves that are. Uh, fundamentally immortal uh there's definitely some changes in in the lore that have changed that but um there is a force of fighting women this elven night elven women and there's a certain queerness about them because they're just strong independent women that like just they have these like boomerang tri-bladed weapons that they can throw with pinpoint accuracy decapitating orcs from a mile down the road it's insane but there's something so like Butch lesbian army. Like, I love it so much. But there's no, never, there has not been any like overt gay characters in the game. Um, always, everything was always subtext. There was always, mm-hmm. there's always talk of, of I, and I talked about it on my show, um, Van Cleef uh, uh, being a bisexual. And I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, Van Cleef, if anyone ever played that, he was down in Dead Mines. He, his story itself is amazing. And then when you kind of get into it and you're like, oh, he was a bisexual, that just makes it so much better. Hmm. But nothing was ever confirmed. I think that only in the last couple of expansions have we had like out gay characters, named gay characters. They've really gone into it and like really let us have the the queer subtext that we've all been wanting for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, same with the movies, right? That's exactly what happened with with movies. Like for the longest time, it, there were no overtly named. And a, a lot of that was industry regulation stuff, you know, the Hayes Code and all of that. But um, it, it, it 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 was just hinted at, right? It was hinted at. It was a camaraderie that went beyond s- simple friendships. I always laughed. There was uh, during Cataclysm, there was a two druids, uh, a, a night elf and a tauren. Mm-hmm. And you did a series of quests with them, and they were friends, but then there was always a subtext to their conversations that it was, had moved to like almost a brothership, like a partnership between two of them. You're like, oh, this is so a gay relationship. They ne- and they never confirmed it, but every time I did that quest, there was always that subtext, there was always that feeling. And I don't know if maybe it just because I'm gay, I brought that, my own mindset to it, but it made their story make more sense and it made it flow better and like it just it fit in my mental space yeah. so i was like yes yes it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah those uh, historical figures that were really good friends and but they were gay like they're they were gay right like that makes that makes a lot of things make more sense well and i know especially this round especially in this expansion we've got confirmation of some major gay characters um in the books and in the game itself um the one that is the biggest uh and we've talked about it is chromie um 
So chromie is, oh God, girl, this is where I can get really into the woods. Sure. So dragon aspects uh, are, each of them are dragons of different things. The blue dragons are about are magic. Uh, the red dragons are about life. Uh, uh, the chromatic, the the they're kind of a chrome colored dragon. They're uh, dragons of time. So they have, at a certain point, all dragons go through this stage where they can pick a human form and this is how they represent themselves to the mortal races so um they have like their dragon form and then they can make themselves into like a humanoid that maybe has horns or something so that they can fit in amongst humans and be able to cons- like talk with them yeah um you see that a lot uh, uh Kalec, um is looks like a normal human male except for he has bright bright blue hair uh and he's a blue dragon so it fits so uh, we recently had in the newest book find out that Chromie is a male dragon. Hmm. And when it came time for Chromie to choose, Chromie, like, Kalik had asked Chromie, like, why did you choose a female gnome? It's like, it just felt right. Hmm. And you realize, like, Chromie is, like, this is the truest expression of who she is. She gets to choose her form. She chose to be a woman. And that's how she wants to represent herself. And you just can't help but but love her for that. And Chromie has been a huge character for expansions. Uh, I mean, we had this whole thing last expansion trying to figure out who killed her, where you were sent into the future to do this whole thing, this whole series of quests to find out who tried to murder her. It was just, She is a beloved character on the Horde, on the Alliance. So the fact that she is is LGBT and in the community, like, it just it makes it so much better. It's, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So... Just so I understand, I've I've not followed Chromie, not even in like the current content. I this is literally the first I think I've heard of her story and and all of the the stuff. So now I'm intrigued, and I'm going to definitely try to play some of that in in game. Um, but so so she's trans. That's the that's how they're ex- explaining it. Or I mean, I'm sure they don't use that word. Um, I don't think they. In 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 game, it's nothing has ever been said. You when you see her in game, you see her. Uh, you've seen her in her bronze dragonflight form, her dragon form, and you see her as a small gnomish female. Uh-huh. Um, it is it. Nothing was confirmed until this recent a recent book came out that's kind of telling stories of the different dragonflights, and there is this conversation that she had with with uh, a. Calic, uh, the blue dragon from the blue dragon flight just that had that conversation and then that kind of just confirmed a lot of things chromie has been one of those people that in world of warcraft she's always been the one to kind of sneak in and be like hey there's a problem with time i need you to come help me because they are all about protecting the time ways so they'll come and they'll get heroes of azeroth to come help them because someone is trying to mess with the timeline uh-huh, Someone's uh-huh. trying to alter the the past to change the future. So she is that kind of figure that's always like when you see her, you're like, oh God, what happened? Who <laughs> tried to go back and do something stupid? Yeah. Who tried to go back a- a- and stop Thrall from from becoming the head of the horde? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like okay, let's go, let's go back and stop. Uh, so she's a character who's always been on the sidelines and you've seen her and her personality is just so bubbly and happy. It fits perfectly with a gnome. So I, I can understand why she chose a gnome. Yeah. Yeah. I, if sci-fi taught me anything, don't fuck with the timeline. I'm on, I'm on their side with that. Okay. Keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it the way it is. Um, uh, and so, although not explicitly 
trans then um a similar character in this most recent expansion um pelagos um the what's what's the story there so in shadowlands this latest expansion we are going into the realm of the afterlife so we are going into the realm of seeing what happens after a character dies now pelagos um when you first meet Pelagos is when you go to the Kyrian area and the Kyrians are these angelic figures that are blue. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the blue part, but they're blue skinned. Mm-hmm. Um, they're angels that go and they shuttle the dead from the living plane to the shadow lands where they are then sorted. And part of that shuttling service is that they uh, have no memories of their past lives. They come here They have all their memories expunged so that they are completely impartial and can do their task without any judgment. And Pelagos comes in, and when you first meet Pelagos, Pelagos is in training. Pelagos doesn't have have his wings yet. He is is there um, as the anima or the life energy that fuels the, the undead lands, the shadow lands, has been diverted they're going through a bit of a drought so he hasn't been able to progress forward to then make it to the point that he can evolve and get his wings mm-hmm. uh, move on to that next form and, and complete his task so as you're doing this quest with him and you start befriending him you talk to him and then you ask him about his life you ask him about can you tell me about like when you were alive and it, that's when it's revealed and it was the way it was done was beautifully written that like he was a woman. And when he came to Shadowlands, you kind of appear as you, as you truly wish to be. And he appeared as a man. And he said, this was the first time that I felt like my outsides matched my insides. And I think it was so beautifully done. You're just like, this character is so natural. Mm-hmm. And it was so well written. I, I don't know who wrote the character, but I can appreciate whoever did obviously had to have really dug deep or, or spoken to people in that community to help the narrative seem natural. And it was, it was beautifully done. Yeah. I, I mean, I, as a, as a cis dude, I, I have, I worry about overstating it too much. And that, that character, I, I thought that character was amazing also. And um, Pelagos, Pelagos is still my, um, my soul bind. <laughs> That's Pelagos is a character who you, you naturally like, um, because there's, there's an honesty there. Mm-hmm. And then when you finally get the true story and you kind of like, it, it just makes you like them more because he is just so easy to like. He's all about the fairness. He hasn't become rigid like the other Kyrian have mm-hmm. uh because uh, i know dan dan calls them a cult which to be fair they are they're they absolutely are um it there's because there's brainwashing involved there's wiping of memories like it, it's all the telltale signs of a cult uh but they're very rigid they're very this is the way we've always done things this is how we will do things yeah. and they're unwilling to bend and he is so he's so fluid in the way that he's just like, we're doing this because it's the right thing to do. We're doing this because it makes sense. It's not the rules, but we're doing like, there's, there's a, a naturalness to him that, yeah, he, he's the perfect soul bind. He's the perfect friend. So when he asked me to do something, okay, girl, whatever you want, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. One more world of Warcraft thing. And then we got to move on. Cause Kyle hates a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> what, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's something quick you can tell us that we, we might be excited about. This this particular 
um, expansion in general is allowing a lot of throwback and allowing you to it's it's nostalgia and nostalgia is a big thing right now in television and film the thing about world of warcraft is world of warcraft is i I would say as diverse a world has been created and as lush a uh, a, a story and a back history as i would say tolkien as i would say um even uh you look at like harry potter universe um massive background there is so much to experience. So the, this kind of nostalgic uh, expansion lets us go back and, and we're going to find out what happened to these characters. I know recently we get to find out what happened to the former head of the horde who was killed, Garrosh. Um, and it's like Garrosh was sent to the to Shadowlands. What happened to him? After he went crazy and nuked a city, destroying it, and after he turned against his own people and just... And you had to finally he w- he went back in time and tried to screw with it, and then there was that whole terrible expansion just based on that premise. Um, so getting to finally now at this moment get to find out what happened to Grosh, what happened after he died, how he's being punished, how, the life he's the undeath he's living. It, it's a good moment. I can't wait to actually get to that point of the raid and see what happened. Yeah, well, and and something I don't think I realized until I started playing with y'all is is um, that the story is still changing on an ongoing basis. Like every once in a while they release a patch and the the patch adds more to the story. It's not like it's, it's more organic. It grows, uh, you know, there's, there's more of a constant change than I thought. I thought it was just the expansion came out and that's all of the new stuff and that's it. It's, and that's not true. Like they keep, they keep putting more and more out. It's like the real world. It's it's like it's like any normal thing. Anyone living their lives, the story is constantly evolving and growing. Where the patch will come out, and that the patch sets the scene. The patch takes us from where we were before, which was in Azeroth. Then we get led to this undead land. We are sent to the realm of the dead because the the veil between those two has been shattered. Mm-hmm. And some great evil in the realm of the dead is trying to destroy everything. And so you're literally in the realm of the dead. You're finding out where the dead go when you die. You get to finally kind of answer some of those questions. Um, and you have that base story that starts you off that lets you immerse yourself into that part of the world, this part of the, the, the Shadowlands. And then you reach a certain point that you run out of things to do. Like there, I mean, there are always a million things that you can do, but they, they do it in segments. If they gave it all to you right away, you'd blow through it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. six months from now, six months from release, you'd be like, I have nothing to do. Yeah. So by kind of t- like pulling it, dragging it out, doing a little bit of story at a time, they can keep you hooked. Yeah. I mean, it's marketing, but it's also a good way of letting you not like, <laughs> it's like Netflix. I will blow through an entire series and then be like, well, now what? I, yeah, just watched, right. I just watched the entire thing. Where if you kind of stagger it over time, you can enjoy it longer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to we're going to talk about a series that you just you just finished here in a little bit, but first, okay, we're <laughs> moving on. Oh, you know something that I just did in World of Warcraft what? before we move on? I've been really working on my uh like my professions and getting my like alchemy all the way up and my fishing all the way up and working on my cooking, and I finally brewed up some Captain Rumsey's lager. Hooray. Ford, so drinking is it just an alcoholic drink? Or does it give you something? Uh, no, it just, just you just get drunk. Yeah. And <laughs> in game drunk. Right? So yeah. okay. So if no one knows this, in game drunk. If you drink enough alcohol, your screen begins to blur. 
Yeah. <laughs> you are incapable of walking in a straight line. Yeah. And greatest moment is when you're drunk, get on a flying mount and try to fly anywhere. It is impossible because you're going up and down, like you just uh, <laughs> your nose diving, like and it's it is it, it is as close to being actually drunk in a game. It's genius. It's hysterical, and it's something just kind of fun to do. You just need to get get drunk and have a race with somebody else. You know how it feels for those uh, was it uh, American Airlines pilots that <laughs> <laughs> got in trouble, got fired for flying drunk. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if you want to know more about World of Warcraft, you definitely can listen to Donna's show. She talks about WoW on there a lot. And uh, we're going to do some, like I said, some Patreon stuff with our, our, our guild. We play uh, Wednesday nights and and throughout the week on occasion, but we're pretty consistent on, on Wednesday nights in our Discord server. So if, you, if that speaks to you, join us. Um, it's a lot of fun, I promise. Uh, because we did the segue over to wow though i forgot to say i found gay pickles on 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 the on the internet there's a place called brooklyn brine and and um they made a bunch of gay ass pickles for pride so just goes to show like there's a pride version of almost every every goddamn thing if if you just look hard enough um anyway yeah they're like eight bucks a jar and um i'm on i'm on the website (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if they have them anymore, but this, it was in 2017 for, for pride that they, that they, that they did them. Um, but yeah, I was going to, I was going to check them out, uh, and see what if anything else. What was about the pride pickles? What were was they special like, about them? Or something like, were, or they, were they just pickles? Like, did they do something where they, they were pickled like- organic rainbow carrots? And, um, <laughs> those, I, I think rainbow carrots are legit like multicolored carrots. Um, and, and so they pickled them and then they gave 50% of all the proceeds to uh, LGBT safe space called the center on West 13th street in Brooklyn. Um, nice. I didn't know rainbow carrots was a thing. I just Googled it. They're beautiful. Right? Like just, I want to have just rainbow carrots now for the, for the rest of my life. Oh, I, here's, here's this uh, ingredients in pride pickles include uh, chipotle pepper, garlic, mustard seed, coriander seed, and smoked paprika. These are some very Ooh, involved. So pickles. fiery. Yeah. Um, but that, that leads me to something else that Kyle hates rather famously is beer. We were at a brewery for our live show last weekend, and he wasn't drinking the beer from the brewery. And I accidentally called him out for it on stage because I was like, "What are you drinking, Kyle?" And he's like, oh. he, "He was he, not, he was not drinking the beer of the brewery we were at." Um, but uh, you also don't drink beer, or you, you or you do? Um, it depends on the beer. I don't like a lot of American beers. I like okay. a. Ha- a Hefenweizen uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I had that I enjoyed. I love a Guinness. I like a really thick beer. Yeah, you like um, it thick. All right. Out. Uh, so I've had some that I've really enjoyed. Um, and I've had, I mean, I'm more of a cider person. I love a good cider. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, give me a crisp Angry Orchard or a Reds and I, I'm, I'm content. So there's a couple of really fun cider halls that have opened up here in, in Buffalo. And it's just fun to go and like try their different ciders they have. Okay. Yeah. It, it, do you have um? Do you have a favorite non-apple cider? Um, there's a cup. The local cider place here does a Loganberry one okay. in winter time that I love, and I, I will go back and I will get the little carafe of it to take home. 
Um, cause Logan berries, um, are, are a thing here in Buffalo. We have, there's a drink that you can only really get in this area. That is a lingonberry soda that it, it's just, everyone wants it and everyone loves it. So it's making it into, it's, it's the perfect holiday, holiday drink. Yeah. It sounds good. I, the, berry. There are a lot of, I do like a lot of ciders as long as they're not too sweet. And a lot of them are just like drinking, you know, sugar syrup or something, but, um, if it's if it's drier on the drier side i i i'll, I'll get down with the cider from now, now now and again um but but one thing i wanted to talk quickly about is that there is a beer i found also in 2017 also in brooklyn uh called gender neutral there's a gender neutral beer oh and it was created by gowanus brewery threes brewing and they uh are refusing to market themselves to one gender alone but the name of the beer is gender neutral and it's a pale lager with lemon zest and it has a adorable rainbow label on it i hope they're still making it i don't know like i said this this article is from 2017 but um th- that led me down this whole rabbit hole because they um th- they made this beer because beer is typically so gendered beer is a man's drink um and you know um miller high life if you look at the label of a miller high life there's a woman with a parasol on it that's part of their original logo and labeling they were trying to market that beer to women that's why they called it the champagne of beers trying to turn women onto beer and that didn't work really either like just for whatever reason beer has this really strong gendered culture about it right so i think it's interesting that they would that they would specifically try to come up with a gender neutral beer and what better way to market that than just call it gender neutral which is funny because it doesn't make any sense like even historically um beers were common for everyone to drink there was no gendered about it i mean it, it was it was that or water that would make you sick so <laughs> beer was your only option yeah. For, for men and for women so when i don't know when did it become so gendered yeah yeah it, it, probably americans did it right like it, it it seems like toxicity toxic masculinity america is pretty good at it there the, i really doubt that there was some grand gendered forum where it's like okay you ladies are all going to take the wine we're going to take the beer and we're never going to cross over yeah <laughs> everyone forgot about it now everyone's crossing over and rosé ro- rosé is like somewhere in the middle yeah rosé oh that's a thing that kyle loves <laughs> don't talk about it move right. the show forward <laughs> uh it is interesting that led me that led me also to these um uh, CDC guidelines that uh, in- included reasons drinking too much can have many risks for women, the poster says. And uh, the CDC put it out. And uh, it, it says, for, for any woman, injuries or violence, heart disease, cancer, sexually transmitted diseases, fertility problems, and unintended pregnancy. And uh, they got a lot of flack for referring to um, you know, basically that women are, are uteruses and, <laughs> uh, that their, their drinking guidelines were so focused on their lady parts. Yeah. I, I don't see anything there that, that isn't something that a man should be worried about too. I mean, I, I, I've never gotten drunk and gotten a girl pregnant, but, right. um, I mean, I, 
pretty sure that's an issue for straight men as well. Right, right. Not just yes. A problem. I mean, thank God for beer. Or I might not exist, really. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the gendering of alcohol, I think, is an entire episode in and of itself for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, Kyle hates beer. I love it. He that's one more thing on the list of things that Kyle hates. Um, so let's 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 bring it home with with one with one more one more thing. Yes, Dan. I was going to say I don't have a segue for this one, I'm afraid, from World of Warcraft or from... Uh, but you, I think you missed that I was trying to make a beer segue there before. Oh, I got it. I got it. I, a lager thing. Yeah. yeah. What you said, uh, yeah. Captain, what's his name? His name is Captain Rumsey's, and he makes lager. It's like his lager. Yeah. So it's sort of confusing. Well, and... Yeah. I, I, was, trying to, I was trying to do another, like masterful segue for I you. appreciate you that 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 really should have worked if I were smarter and or, 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 or faster <laughs> to do there's no easy Star Trek yes Star Trek Star Trek Kyle hates Star Trek well, hates is a strong word I've made him watch some and he's begrudgingly you know indulged me what okay what's the t what's his i mean is there a genre that is his thing and is it just star trek and does he not like sci-fi in general um i think kind of not uh, like he 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 gravitates to to bob's burgers so he watches the shit out of that and okay. um 30 rock i know that he watches the shit out of that situational um, comedies okay yeah, okay. yeah. those yeah. comedies where everything is resolved by the end of the episode completely understandable yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's one of the criticisms of Star Trek The Next Generation is that it, you know, was so episodic and contained, right? That, that there, there, were, there weren't enough arcs or whatever. But uh, Dan, Dan did too. We all like revisited a Star Trek series during the pandemic. Uh, I watched, I rewatched all of Voyager and all of Deep Space Nine during the pandemic. And um, you just finished something which one are you i just finished a pretty uh <laughs> i always do the same arc even though when they were produced isn't i always start at enterprise and then i move on to next generation i uh, i have never watched the entirety of the original series because i just i, I it's difficult for me to sit through i find sure. i start to get bored and i love star trek so do i go from enterprise which is kind of the prequel into next generation into deep space nine and then i just finished deep space nine so i am two seasons into voyager right now mm -hmm. um so <laughs> uh yeah. they met the caretakers uh 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 girlfriend wife whatever the one who decided to not do her job and stay and protect uh those people and, and went off on her own yeah <laughs> and she comes back as a creepy little girl with like a 50 year old smoker's voice it's just this deep raspy voice yeah. coming out of a little girl is the creepiest thing ever so yeah no i love it i love it star trek is my thing it's my jam yeah absolutely and i, I think um uh, D Space Nine. I I keep saying Doctor Space Twink. I think I really I really like that as a as a name for Bashir. Um. So, but but Julian Bashir and Garrick. What do you what do you think about that relationship? The people that try to ship them. Okay. So, I and I prefer I actually prefer the word fuckboy. Okay. Uh, which, Great. Uh, I, which is a very specific term that that certain people will know. Um, Bashir's definitely a fuckboy. Um, okay. Yeah, 
he his relationship with Garrick is flirtatious. Garrick is so coy in the way that like Garrick is constantly playing with Dr. Bashir. And I don't think Dr. Bashir fully knows that Garrick is fucking with him. And so I think that's like, it's so flirtatious, that relationship between the two of them. I don't think there was ever a moment where you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, they're going to, they're going to get it on. I think that there was a weird bromance between Bashir and, um, oh God. And this is where I'm terrible at names. Uh, the O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, because they reached that point that they were like, the two of them were inseparable. And then when, I mean, when you get to the end, when finally O'Brien's like, we're leaving, like he goes into like, Bashir goes into this weird depression. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> so, but I, yeah, I, him and Garrick, I, it was flirtatious. Um, I could see it. Yeah. I'd see it. I, I, w- I would watch that. Um, Andrew Robinson, the the, uh, the actor that played Garrick, um, said that at least in his mind, Garrick was was gay for Bashir. Um, and I haven't heard whether that was reciprocated or not, but that he was he was trying to play it gay, trying to play it queer. And I, I think he largely succeeded. There was a certain fluidity to him where he was never I mean, it was kind of a stereotype because he was a tailor. He made men's and women's clothes. So mm-hmm. they played that up. But there's that subtle like queer spy like can you trust him you can't even trust his gender there's something about him like the way they played his character i think he was beautifully done mm-hmm. because you never fully like you liked him but you never fully trusted him yeah like at any moment he's gonna turn and screw you over so i think there's like i think that's kind of hot so it's the, it's the disney villain effect right like just make them a little bit queer coded and it makes them that much more evil or nefarious or mysterious right Eric is Ursula. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, what, what other, what other like queer Star Trek stuff have you noticed? or Are you into? There's not a lot of, there was never a lot of queer representation. There was a lot of homoeroticism. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, I mean, in men and women, there was when they, from next generation, when they go to that one Island where everyone is wearing the littlest possible clothes as possible. And they mm-hmm. run everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. they made, they made all of them wear the same outfits and you're just like, Oh, and then that's when Wesley, they were going to put Wesley to death. Yeah. Uh, but that's, <laughs> you're just like, Oh, Okay. Um, the, the fact that men and women during next generation all had their legs out in skirts. Like I love a formal outfit that was knee length for men and for women. So yeah. got to appreciate that. But we didn't, you don't get into like full on, I think next generation because next generation was the first to bring up um, like the Dax symbiotes that you meet that race in general during um, next generation. And they, first of all, they look very differently. They had those prosthetic foreheads and then suddenly they have spots in next gen in a uh, deep space nine. Yeah. But there was definitely a queer moment that they could have had with crusher because she falls in love with him, not realizing that he is only the, uh, the body for the symbiote. And then when, when the new sim, the symbiote gets moved over to a woman, like they could have had a wonderful lesbian moment right there. They could have had a beautiful romantic kiss, but no, they didn't get to have that. Right. We had to wait for years later with Jadzia Dax, uh, meets up with one of her, the wife of a former symbiote yeah. who is another symbiote herself where the two of them get to have their romantic moment. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is something super queer about about Trill, the the whole Trill thing, no, no matter what, right? And um, just because they are a soul that changes bodies. I used to be so anti-Trill. I even talked about it, I think, on the show before. I forget if that was Patreon or if that was actual on the show. But um, And uh, re-watching Deep Space Nine has softened that for me because of just that 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 show i i paid more attention this time to to dax and and the the whole story um but have you heard this theory that the reason that the trill and next generation are so different from deep space nine is because they're all from trill but they're two different species that the that that's that's why the behavior is different the, the little wormy things kind of look different from each other and um when when they put a trill in Riker, it takes over his body but then the other kind of trill like the the spotted trill kind can can be in a human body and doesn't take over but does the like mergey trill thing so um there's this there's this fan theory out there that they're actually two different species or subspecies of trill that that behave and act differently and that explains the differences from um show to show I think that's cute that they tried to paint that line. I think that when you try to take a race from an old series and try to reimagine them when you want to expand upon their story, it's retconning. Like they're trying to like those kind of stories. Um, how Enterprise explains why some Klingons from the original series look like humans. Yeah. Like which beautifully done uh, yeah. the way that they've created that storyline. But I, I think it's fine. I think that they realized that they wanted to expand upon this race that they barely touched upon in, in next generation. And I think that they just decided to take another way with it. And I, I think that's fine. I don't think you need to explain it. I think you just kind of accept it and move on. I always said my weird thing about them is they kind of are treated as trans. Um, they they kind of get roped into this trans omnisexual they are gender fluid. I, I don't know how you would even consider that because like they are the, they are what they are. <laughs> I have a difficult time. It's like, is the gender more important because of the symbiote? Is the gender more important because of the host? Yeah. Where I like fall into this weird area where like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to truly wrap my head around them. Yeah. 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 And, and that could very well just be because I'm very cis. Like I'm a cis white man. I, I don't, uh, that fluidity is maybe something that's beyond me. Yeah. I love their characters. I love Ezria. I love this like last minute, last season, like let's bring in a new Dax. Yeah. Uh, and then of course that gives Bashir someone to fuck finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, <so laughs> waited so long to have somebody and we finally give him someone. Yeah. Um, it worked out well, and Ezri knows how he stacks up to Worf's two dicks. Which you know, how could we not talk about Klingons having two dicks? <laughs> okay, so I was trying to explain this to my friends. Okay, so what what series did we get? Not confirmation, but light confirmation. Was it? It was the new series, right? Now I forget if it was Discovery or Picard. I I think it was Discovery. It's definitely Discovery. I just rewatched it and I haven't bothered to watch Picard. Okay. Except for that one, that one sad pizza episode that I saw at your house. Yeah. I love Picard. You didn't like Picard? He hasn't watched Picard. I liked Picard until I realized the, like the, my love, the love of my life. Like when you realize you're gay and like the, the person like, Ooh, this is the one who made me gay. And, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the character, Egypt, 
is not in Picard. Oh, yeah. And it would happen each if you're like, no. Yeah. Oh, I was in love with that little, that man. Oh, yeah. I mean, he 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 checks off a lot of boxes you talked about earlier, right? He's a nerdy, skinny, <laughs> kind of twinky nerd. Like, oh, I was in love with Achip so much. Oh, God. And the original actor is bisexual. And he's adorable. <laughs> you can't help but love him. He's in a band. He's a he's a wonderful musician. Um, but I guess there was some controversy with him when they were talking about casting, like they when they were going to bring him back. So they ended up that's the reason why they didn't expand upon that character. Hmm. I Picard is the ultimate like nostalgia f- uh, fanboy kind of series because it they can bring back and they can ratcon whatever they want because there's no one telling them that they can't. Yeah. So they they want to bring back. I mean, they're gonna if they can bring back Whoopi. I want some guy in and bring some guy in back. The fact that they brought back Q and they're gonna find a find a way of explaining Q. Like, why does Q look old? I'm yeah. sure there's gonna be some reason that makes sense. Yeah, love it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Klingons with two dicks. I feel like we didn't. Uh, you you asked and then we got off on a tangent. Oh God, I'm sorry. This is my problem. No, okay, it's fine. That's good. <laughs> tell us about the two dicks. Come on, Dan. You just saw the episode. So the so the rumor is that Klingons have two dicks. That is why it it is a widely known thing that Klingons don't tend to mate outside of their species because most other women can't handle it. Yeah, and it's been on it's, multiple occasions. It's been a fan theory and been in like slash fiction for a, a very, very long time. And the, the confirmation and discovery just happened because there's a scene that takes outside the door of a bar and there's a Klingon pissing and there's two streams. That's it. That's That was the confirmation. That was the they're, like they have two dicks or they have piercings. I mean, yeah, that doesn't necessarily you're right. That doesn't confirm, confirm, confirm that there are two dicks. But come on now. There's- the basis, the, the the argument is that because Klingons are known, it, it is canon. It's been in multiple episodes that Klingons have uh, redundant, duplicitous, redundant organs, re- re- like redundant systems. That they would also have redundant reproductive systems, which would then imply two penises and maybe two vaginas. Um, and and then it seemed. So is it like a kangaroo where there's multiple wombs as well? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like an it would be an odd choice to have a Klingon male peeing in an alley and have two streams if they weren't specifically Trying speaking to, give us what to that. We want. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For the, the fan theory, where, where is where is the oh, God, I can only imagine. I want to read these stories. Where are these <laughs> Send me these stories. I will find some links for you, Donna. I will send you some two dick Klingon stories. <laughs> I told you the other day when we mentioned this. I So when you're young and you're thinking about the sexual things, I had a fuck it list for a long time. <laughs> nice. Um, and, <laughs> Uh, it was things I sexual things I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, and the top of that list for a long time was double penetration. Mm-hmm. I could if if Klingons are I could do that with a Klingon one person done. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. find people. I just need one Klingon. Yeah, it seems less complicated to coordinate. That's for sure. I also like to imagine. Do you think that their penises are ribbed like their foreheads? Oh, I mean. 
their their foreheads are kind of pointy. I don't know that I would want th- that in my asshole, but I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I I have to imagine that they're they're ribbed for for all of our pleasures. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start I, that rumor. <laughs> yeah, let start that rumor, so they're forced to confirm that. Where, where is where is the line of inappropriate sex toys based on Star Trek characters? Yep. <laughs> um. All right. Well, we're, we're we're coming up on time. Any anything anything else in the the Star Trek universe you want to you want to cover? I there's always that episode I go back to all the time that I love, mm-hmm. and I have a thing for Q. And when we get to my favorite character, Echep, I always have to go back to that episode of Voyager Q two mm-hmm. when Q's son comes and immediately becomes friends with Echep, and you're like, the two of them are fucking. Yeah. No, the two of them are fucking. And yeah. it was great. Um, and the, oh, I always have to bring up the character who you only see one episode, Good Shepherd, the gay hypochondriac uh, who, who was so cute. I had a little bit of a crush on him too. Um, the one who who has his own medical tricorder, he's not, not supposed to. Um, so like, I love those kind of episodes where you're just like, oh, gay people. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that guy, the hypochondriac. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome. You know, uh, in Q two, the um, the actor that played the son is John Delancey's son in real life. The the he's oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I had a I had kind of a crush on him for sure. Which is funny because he really does play his dad. Like he really plays a Q beautifully. So it kind of makes sense that it's the actor's son like it's just perfectly done yeah that show that show either cast or wrote itself or or both (laughs) i forget i i always forget like watching next generation and all the episodes with q and then i'm like god there was a lot of q in voyager and then i realized i didn't realize how much q there was in in deep space nine like q is just they've been a lot they've been everywhere yeah yeah i just watched the episode the other day where the one was in the uh the asteroid and they got to actually, this is the first time you get to actually see the continuum as, yeah. as a road in the middle of the desert. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and um, there are people that think that Trelane, the character, the, the omnipotent character from the first season of uh, the original series, that he is a member of the continuum also, which is now, if you ask some people, it's canon because of the novels or whatever. Um, so that means, that means Q has been in, once he's in Picard, will have been in every incarnation of the show except discovery so we'll see and 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 considering what happened i'm surprised the q weren't responsible for what happened in discovery season three so i mean i wouldn't be surprised so yeah did we do it yes dan if anyone wants to hear more of us pontificating about star trek um as one listener who is going through our backlog pointed out to me in an instagram dm our sci-fi episode 158 from back in february of last year uh, is basically a Star Trek episode um, and doesn't go into a lot of other sci-fi things. Um, and uh, that was off-putting to some. Mm. But uh, if you like Star Trek, unlike Kyle, you should definitely go revisit episode 158 and uh, maybe check out the Patreon segment where I talk about science fiction sex workers. Ooh, nice. Oh, and I do have to ask the question, which captain's the most fuckable? Oh. 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 Uh, Rios. But from Picard. But he's not really the captain. He's oh, just the captain of his ship. Yeah. I but, but I could I could, he's 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 hot. Yeah, absolutely. I like when he's the British one. I like when he has the accent. 
the oh different... yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, got the different accents. His his holograms are all are all him with different accents. Oh, which really all those holograms? That yeah, all they the... could run a train on me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you? What do you think? Uh, I was always I had a thing for Cisco. Yeah, I had a thing for Cisco. I'm just like, mm. yeah. I know he needs someone to help raise that son of his. Like I'm here, I will be the mothering figure. It, it's it's a little problematic, but I definitely had feelings I didn't understand about Jake. Uh, but at the time that DS9 was airing for the first time, we were approximately the same age, and I was just I was very confused about my feelings about him. <laughs> I always loved Deep Space Nine because I was a huge fan of uh, Babylon Five before mm. I started watching Deep Space Nine, and then I'm like. Was Deep Space Nine just a, a here just for Babylon Five's sake? Yeah. Like we just need a Star Trek show about a space station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. So good. Um. All right. Did we do it? I think we did it. I think we did it. Kyle, love you. Um. Should we take a break? The Fury. The yeah. Fury. Right? He's gonna listen to this back and just be furious. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs> So are we back now? Yeah, we're back. <laughs> um, we're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, Donna Sugars, where can people find out more about you, where you're at, your socials, that kind of stuff? Uh, you can find me at DonnaSugars.com. Now, Sugars is not spelt the normal way. It's S-U-G-G-A-R-Z. Um, that will take you over to my Podbean. And you can find me on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. I do love a social media, so I'm on too many of them. Just on Snapchat. Yeah. I, I don't understand the seven second thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not good for much, but dicks, right? Like, But then you can't screenshot them. So you have to just make sure that that dick is so good it sears into your mind because you're never going to see it again after <laughs> dick is gone forever. That dick is gone forever. Oh. Are we talking about Kyle now? No. Um, okay. Uh, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on all of our social media as at gayishpodcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email address is gayishpodcast at gmail.com and our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. A quick reminder, everybody, the podcast awards. If you were selected as a voter, you have until September the 13th to get your votes in. So fucking vote for us. Get off your ass and vote for us, please. Um, again, you have until September the 13th. That's happening soon. Check your spam folder also if you if you signed up and see if maybe they got sent there because mine did i'm a voter also which voting for yourself feels weird but of course i'm going to but it was it went in my spam folder so so look in there and, and see if the podcast awards um official notification that you're a voter uh, happened and then you I get it done when i was i was on a podcast that was nominated for years and we tried for years yeah never get it i mean we've been we, we've been losing for a long time now so i'm <laughs> not hopeful <laughs> Let's do our gays and straightest. Donna, you want to go first? Uh, my gays and straightest are all about putting on this face. Yeah. Uh, I haven't shaved in two years. So oh, wow. I that was like the straightest thing I've done recently. It was like, 
pulling out the hot water and like lathering up and doing the whole thing. I'm just like, God, okay. Like, I'm just like flashbacks to my dad teaching me how to do this. Yeah. And yeah. Then the gay thing is I just spent two hours beating this mug. I got a new rainbow palette of colors and I'm like, which one am I going to pick? I'm going to put all of them on. So <laughs> every rain. I have a full rainbow on my eyes. Of <laughs> I love it. You're beautiful. I, and and th- thank you for doing that. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, uh, right after this, we're gonna play WoW with the with the guildies, and we'll get some some good video of that, and uh, hopefully we'll get a clip and put that out on social media too, so we can see. We I didn't see. even have to wear lipstick. This microphone's covering it. I'm looking at the sc- I'm looking at the camera, and all you see is just like I feel like that one guy from Home Improvement, Wilson. <laughs> Wilson has a secret. <laughs> Well, the um, the straightest thing about me this week, I had dinner last night with One Ball Dan. If you remember One Ball Dan from way back in like episode nine, um, uh, he is my fraternity brother, and uh, we talked a lot about our ex wives. That was pretty straight. Um, it was it was it was great, um, and uh, it was also really really good to catch up with him. He invited me to go to the Seahawks game, and I was like, nope, but we can have dinner. <laughs> um, the gayest thing about me this week, I have been invited to a birthday party in Los Angeles and it is sparkle themed and <gasps> shopping for clothing, shopping for an outfit for that is the gayest shit I've done in a while. Oh, did you pick something? Yeah. Well, I have these, I have these um, high heels that are like really, really sparkly. I wore them on the pink carpet for Pride 48 uh, one year and um so I'm definitely going to wear those. And then I found, I'm going to, I have to try shit on too and see if it works, but there's these gold lame pants that I got. That oh, yes. <laughs> and, and, and a button up shirt that is, uh, it's like a, a crisp white shirt, but has um, a paisley design, but the paisley is in um, metal uh, uh, colors, like, like uh, gold. Um, I'll show it to you. This outfit sounds incredibly sexy. Okay. We need pictures. Okay, I will absolutely. The only thing um, that would be better, I have I have a gold pair of gold lamay harem pants. Ooh, you're gonna have gold lamay pants. They also need to be like flared. Love yes, yes, absolutely. That is it. A special thank you to Donna Nefertiti Elizabeth. What what do you call her, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> it's Donna Elizabeth Sugars because I'm the Virgin Queen. But Dan, Dan has kept adding to my name. It was Donna, Elizabeth, Nefertiti. I love Nefertiti. I, I, I think that should. I'm, I'm adding it to the name. <laughs> Donna Elizabeth Nefertiti Sugars. Great, excellent, uh, Donna. Thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, this is such a joy. I was so happy when you asked me. I was like, yes, yes, I will. Excellent. Um, and a thank you, as always, to our super get bridgers, Chris Ketchatorians, CNN Hobby, Clinton Withers, Anonymous, Dusty Sands, Explosive Lasagna, Forrest Nail, James Barrow, Jamie Pugh, Jerome York, Kevin Henderson, Christopher Farrell, Mark Wolcott, Patrick Martin, Steve Douglas, Thomas B., Tipsy McStumbles, and Zachary Cochran. Mm, From the... From the Chris Cacciatore's studios, I'm Mike Johnson. And I'm Donna Sugars. Oh, God, I have something to say. Yes, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. 